Welcome to MLB Injury Insights, a podcast powered by Dynasty One Stop featuring Doctor of Physical Therapy Nick Savella, providing you all you need to know about injuries, player timelines, and more, so you can make informed decisions in your fantasy baseball leagues. Now here's your host, Dr. Nick Savella. Hello and welcome to another episode of MLB Injury Insight. You're here with Nick Savali, Doctor of Physical Therapy, and we are going to be talking Major League Baseball on injuries. And specifically this week for the first time this season, we're going to do a player profile. This week's player profile will be on Seiya Suzuki. We've had a lot of people asking about Suzuki and if we think the oblique injury that he sustained earlier this year is affecting his play negatively. So we're going to dive deep into that. Uh, first thing, little recap. Seiya Suzuki missed the end of spring training in the early season with an oblique strain. It was labeled as a grade 2 strain. So in between uh, grade 1 being the most mild and grade 3 being a little bit more severe. So as predicted on this podcast earlier in the year, he returned during the LA Dodgers series April 14th. We predicted that because it was a warmer weather client and Chicago is very cold that time of year normally and with a muscle strain coming back from it, it's a little bit easier to do it in the warmer weather. Well, now the season has heated up and Chicago is hot and all the other cities around the USA are pretty warm at this time and his play has not quite held up to the numbers that he was giving us last year. So a lot of people are wondering, is this something to do with the injury he sustained earlier this year? So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that and we'll end up doing some more player profiles throughout the season. So feel free to message me at on Twitter at NicoCiva1, N-I-C-O-C-I-V-A, and the number one. But let's get started with Seiya Suzuki. We want to start by looking at some of his statistics and expected statistics between 2022 and 23. So the first thing I looked at is how is he doing against certain pitches. So we're going to start by looking at fastballs. 2022 batting average of 307 compared to 233 this year. So initially, the thought process there is, oh, he's not catching up to fastballs. But then we look at the XBA, the expected batting average against fastballs. Last year, 277. This year, 263. So overperformed last year, underperforming this year. Initially, I look at this and say, okay, maybe there's something there. Maybe he's not catching up to the fastball. Next, we look at breaking balls, and there's a pretty big difference here. So 2022... His actual batting average against breaking balls, 202. This year, 286. So he's doing much better against the breaking ball. The expected stats back that up. Last year, 195 expected. This year, 266. So we're seeing a big jump in batting average against breaking balls. Not a huge difference in the expected stats with fastballs. But again, the expected stats with the breaking balls really backs up that change. So next we're going into the hard hit percentages. So last year, we're going to dive deeper into these fastball questions. Against the four-seamer and the sinker, respectively, 53%, 51% hard hit rate. This year, 69 and 68% hard hit rate. So now we're seeing that he's actually hitting fastballs a lot harder. So 
my initial theory of maybe he's not hitting the fastballs as well because the oblique is not able to rotate his body as effectively started to go down the tubes at this point because he's actually crushing the ball way more often against the fastball. So <clears throat> some of the other things I want to look at are percentiles based on StatCast data at where he ranks according to the rest of the league. And we're going to compare his percentiles of 2022 to 2023. His exit velo this year is way up. Hard hit percentage is way up. His speed around the base paths is up, which is kind of nice too. Max exit velocity is up. And his chase rate went from 90th percentile, which is already amazing, to 95th percentile. So his decision making is pretty good. His exit velo and the amount of times he's hitting the ball hard is very good. Uh, so interestingly enough, his X-slug and his X-iso are both down, even though his XBA is up a little bit. So he's hitting the ball harder. We're seeing that his batting average is expected to be a little higher, but his power is down. So seems contradicting. It's a little bit confusing, and sometimes that just has to do with small data points it is only a few months of playing for him but to this point in time I'm not seeing anything that has to do with oblique injuries or why the possible ongoing nature of an old injury could be affecting his play negatively uh, maybe there's a little bit of bad luck that he's smashing the ball it's just right at people so we dig deeper we see that the strikeout rate is about the same the walk rate is a little bit better so his decision-making is still good. And here is the first bit of information that really got me thinking a little bit more along the lines of maybe this injury is still bothering him. His pull percentage is way up this year from 28.3 to 36.6%. And last year it was pretty much one-third pull center of the field in oppo, which was really quite impressive. But this year, 36.6 pull Opposite field went from 33.1 last year to 19.9. So he is not hitting the ball to opposite field nearly as much. And the reason I think that this is a little bit more relevant to the obliques is that a lot of times when you hit the ball opposite field is when you're getting deep into the pitch, which means the ball is getting closer and closer to home plate. You're letting it travel and your swing starts a little bit later in terms of actually sending the bat forward. And sometimes that has to be a quicker decision and a quicker twist with your obliques. A really good example of that is to just picture Derek Jeter. When he was hitting the ball to opposite field, you could see the ball was looked like it was already past home plate at times, and it wasn't, but it had that illusion because it waited so, he waited so deep, so late into that pitch to make contact. So when we think about Seiya Suzuki, maybe he's pulling away a little bit sooner, selling out for that pull power, um, which could be some strategic decision that he has made as well as the Cubs to try to get more power out of his bat or whatever. But it doesn't seem like he is as comfortable waiting for that ball to travel deeper into the zone for him to make a last-minute throw his hands at the ball, kind of live line drive swing to the opposite field. So it's interesting there. It's definitely not enough information to be like, oh, that's definitely an oblique problem. But if he was still being bothered by his obliques, 
that would be something that could show up because he'd be trying to sell out for that pull power and kind of limit his swing to just pull the ball um, instead of reacting and maybe shooting it to the opposite field. What it comes down to is your obliques just have to fire more rapidly that way. So interesting development there. We'll see if that changes at all, but it's going to be hard to determine if that was something, like we said, that was planned by him or if it's a reaction to this injury. The other thing that's curious about that is if it was a planned change, it would be a bit of a strange one just considering that the Chicago Cubs have one of the deepest left fields in all of baseball at Wrigley Field, and it's 355 feet down the line, and the gap is a little bit shallower, the left center field gap, than most outfields in Major League Baseball, but down the line is really pretty far out. It's it's not all that different from Baltimore, where you just got a really long distance to get to the foul pole and there's already there's also a tall wall there too so if they asked him to really sell out for power that's kind of a strange strategy considering it takes a, a lot to get it over that wall um, so just a bit of speculation there I don't know if there's anything you really do with that but just my thought process going through uh, this whole player profile so lastly I want to look at his swing decisions we mentioned that his chase rate was pretty good and and he wasn't chasing a lot of pitches but diving deeper into that I did find one spot in the zone that he really really is chasing a lot of pitches Um, and that's going to be low under the plate and in the inside half of the plate so if you look at the grid on baseball savant uh, you see that they've kind of split the strike zone up into 16 different squares four by four now if you go below that level and just go just below the bottom left square. That's where we're going to start our analysis here. There's a 42% swing rate by Seiya Suzuki in that zone compared to 20% last year. Then you go one block lower and to the right, 43% this year, 9% last year. And then the two below that, and at this point we're almost in the dirt. Last year, 17 and 25%. So he's swinging at one-fourth of the pitches that are basically bouncing off the plate. And last year was 17 and then 0%. So throughout the course of last year, never swung at one pitch, middle-middle, but all the way down. This year he's swinging at one out of every four. So he seems to be chasing the breaking balls down below the zone because I would have to imagine there aren't too many fastballs ending up there. It's probably a lot of curveballs. Uh, or splitters or change-ups, but he's definitely swinging more at those pitches. So the rest of the zone looks fairly similar to last year, which is interesting because of the big differences down below the zone. Um, But this might go along with that theory that maybe he's selling out for pull power, where it's kind of easier to golf that pitch that's low and under the plate to the opposite field Um, instead of trying to stay inside it and shoot it the other way, like seemingly only Luis Arias can do right now. Um, But it's a very difficult thing to do to send that pitch the other way, so it it seems like he's kind of gearing up to pull the ball. So the two biggest pieces of evidence I have to say that there might be something that the oblique is doing to his current playing performance is that it might have changed his approach a little bit. 
he might be looking to pull the ball. And it could possibly be because he doesn't feel comfortable enough yet waiting for that pitch to get deep in the zone, asking his obliques to contract very rapidly at the last second and shoot it to right field. Um, I know a lot of times people think if you have an oblique injury, you're going to be late on everything because it, the obliques help you rotate. And if they're, they're hindered, you're going to rotate slower. And that is one way of thinking of it. But based on everything we've seen in his pull approach, I think you have to look at it the other way and say he is selling out to pull the ball. Um, watched the game last night with Suzuki. Uh, my brother Aaron Savali was pitching against him and struck out twice on pitches away in the zone, fastballs away, which based on the way he's crushing the ball this year, you would think, oh, he must be, he's probably going to hit that ball hard if it's a fastball in the zone. But again, if you're selling out to pull the ball, two strikeouts with fastballs in the outside part of the plate, there's your answer as to why he's not hitting it because he might be leaning out and, and pulling into that pull, uh, selling out into that pull zone trying to get the ball down the left field line. So these are how I kind of go through my thought processes when it comes to is this injury affecting the player. Um, you're not going to get 100% definitive answers every time because we can't go and talk to Suzuki about what his approach is or what he's feeling. But what we can do going forward is start to look at his pull, uh, hit up the middle, and going opposite field trends and see if that starts to even out. And we're also going to take a look at his exit velocity and see if that continues to jump when he develops a more balanced approach, if that ends up happening. If these two things start happening, my first thought is, oh, maybe he's getting more comfortable with the oblique. He's getting back into his own kind of Seiya Suzuki profile that we saw last year and that we saw over Japan where he was a really, really refined hitter who could hit the ball all fields. So a lot of information there. Some of it is indecision. Some of it is not being entirely sure why these things are happening. But that's part of the process as to evaluating player performance and seeing if injury is part of it. It is a little bit of speculation, but I think a pretty cool exercise to see what a physical therapist would look at or what a performance specialist would look at in the way a player is performing on the field and trying to relate that to what we think might be going on internally. So if you do have Seiya Suzuki on your team rostered, he's making some really nice improvements compared to last year, especially against breaking pitches. And again, he might be waiting for the pull uh, power, which is why he's lining up with those breaking pitches nicely. Um, but he's making some nice improvements. There's just a few things that need a little bit of refining. So let's see if he can pick it up through July and the second half of the year. I wouldn't sell on Seiya Suzuki yet. He'll be an interesting person to watch throughout the rest of the year and the coming months. And keep in mind, it's his second year in Major League Baseball, so he's still making adjustments. So don't panic on the fact that his batting average is a little down and the power and the ISO is a little bit down. Uh, let's see what he can do and give him a little bit more time. All right, thanks for joining in today. Remember to send me any messages for players you want to hear about, get a little bit more of a player profile approach like we did today, 
And that Twitter feed, again, Twitter account is at NicoCiva1, N-I-C-O-C-I-V-A, and then the number one. All right, have a great 4th of July, and we'll see you after the All-Star break.